Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher Kevin Connor. This series of messages is based on Kevin's best-selling book, Restoration Theology, available in paperback, hardback, and ebook formats from Amazon in your region, and also as a PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Living with women and hogging out there, ends up in the pigsty. What happens? Somewhere down the line after, uh, you probably remember this, uh, when, when this little boy who'd ran away from home sent a telegram to his father, no mum, no fun, your son. And father being a wise father sent him a telegram back, too bad, so sad, your dad. I, I like that. <laughs> so, so, you know, he's, he's gone away, he's, he's, he's turned his back on his father, he's hogging out there. So what had, had to happen in the prodigal son was he had to first of all come to repentance, a change of mind. And we have that in the language of scripture where it says he came to himself. And as he's sitting there in the pigsty, hogging out, making a pig of himself, he's probably thinking, I can see why Jesus sent all those demons into the pigs. That's where we get deviled ham from. And the pigs didn't want to be demon-possessed, so they went and committed suicide. Sensible thing to do for pigs anyway. Anyway, so, so, so what he had to do was come to repentance, a change of mind. I've had a mind against my father. I've had a mind of my own. I want to do my own thing. I want to live it up. I've lived with the harlots and had a good time, spent all my money, and when I run out of money, I run out of friends. So now he comes to a change of mind. I'm going to go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. So that's a change of mind. But you see, not only did he have to have a change of mind, he had to not only have repentance, had to return. Return. Turn around again. Re-again. Turn again. Had to come a change of direction. Now he could have sat there in the pigsty and thought, oh these pigs, boy they stink. They're on the nose. Whew. Get me some chloroform. Get me some deodorant, spray under the pig's legs or something. (laughs) No, he didn't come to his father until he came to himself. So, after he came to repentance and change of mind, then, okay, he had to return. And that's a change of direction. So, from running away from the father with his back towards the father, now he has to re-again, turn again, and now... He's coming towards his father. That's returning. He says, Father, I've sinned. No? Repentance. So, Peter's saying, okay, you know repentance. Repentance, change your mind. Number two, change your direction. Been running away from God. You've been running away from Christ, who the Father sent. Turn around. Turn again. Change your direction. Change your mind. Change your direction. That's the picture that we have there. If there's two re- true repentance, they must be returned. All right, number three R. The third R is refreshing. Okay, so the third R is refreshing. And this is a change of seasons. Change of seasons. Why don't you put two or three scriptures down, and then I'll amplify it a, bit, uh, a little bit. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 17. 
Ecclesiastes chapter one, uh, 3 verse 1 and verse 17. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 17. Exodus 31 verse 17. And um, let's see. And uh, yes, put uh, Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. Joel 2 and verse 23. Now, in those scriptures, uh, the scriptures tell us to everything there's a time and a season. So refreshing a change of seasons and uh, we're told that the Lord works six days in creation and the, on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So refreshing. And then in the chapter I've given you there, uh, under the feast of the Lord, Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles, what you find there was seasons of rain uh, in the first month and third month. Then we have the dry months. And then there was another season of rain. And so under the rains there was refreshing. Change of seasons. There was the rainy season, the dry seasons, the rainy seasons. And the seasons were seasons of refreshing. So to the Hebrew believers, uh, listeners, they understood this. Oh yeah, it's the rains that bring us refreshing. And uh, I think it's even significant in these days that so many beautiful choruses that are coming out today. Uh, what's one we sing here? Times are refreshing. Here in your presence. How many think that's a beautiful song? Just times refreshing in, in your presence. And uh, another beautiful song that we sing here. Refresh my, yeah, refresh my heart, Lord. Just, yeah, just fresh, re-again. Just freshen up. You have somebody come to your house and say, oh, you look all hot and tired. Would you like to freshen up? Would you like to refresh yourself? Yeah. I just like to freshen up, go and have a good wash, a shower, and say, oh, I just feel, yeah, I just feel refreshed. And uh, what does Peter say? Where does this fresh, uh, uh, refreshing come from? It comes from the presence of the Lord. So repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around, return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing coming uh, from the end of the verse there, may come from the presence of the Lord. It's in his presence. And uh, I believe we should always value the presence of the Lord. How many can say amen? amen. And, and not take it for granted. It's very easy to take the presence of the Lord for granted. And, uh, you know, the, the, these type of things bother me. I think of the Laodicean church. Laodicean church, worshipping there, probably with the Lord on Sunday. And Christ is not in their midst. They're, he's outside the door knocking to get in. And they're either singing hymns so loud or clapping hands so loud or whatever, they don't even hear him. And it's possible to go through, you know, what we say, devotion in motion this side of the ocean. It's po- possible to go through, a, quote, a worship service and, and him not even be there. And we're enjoying ourselves, but, you know, I, I, I just want to always sense that touch of his presence. How many can say amen on this? Just maintain the presence of the Lord because it's his presence that refreshes and changes people. Not our presence, it's his. Yeah, so, yeah, times are refreshing. Here in your presence, Lord, refresh my heart, Lord. So, refreshing a change of seasons. Um, why don't you put down... Uh, it's all right, we'll do number four. Okay, number four now. So, change of mind, change of direction, change of seasons. Number four. The fourth R we have here, which is related, is recovering. <laughs> okay, recovering... Change of climate. Okay, so all linked here. The times are refreshing of recovering from the effects of heat. 
So recovering from the effects of heat. Why don't you put down these two scriptures here and I'm going to quote them. Psalm 68 verse 7. Psalm 68 verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 11. Sorry, you don't have time to read these scriptures. Deuteronomy 11 verse 11. And Psalm 65 verse 9 and 10. Psalm 65 verse 9 and 10. Now, as we've said here, recovery is a change of climate. A recovering from the effects of heat. Now, what has happened, as we referred to in the previous one, because these three words are interrelated, there was the uh, Feast of Passover, and under Passover there were the early rains, or the rains, uh, and Pentecost, and the outpouring of rain, and harvest with that. And then over months four, five, and six, these were the dry months, the hot summer months when everything just dried up and shriveled up and the earth cracked open and so forth. And then in the seventh month, the Feast of Tabernacles, came another outpouring of rain and harvest time. So there were those dry months. So this uh, recovering, change of climate, recovering from the effects of heat, as it says here, uh, this is what happened. And in Psalm 65, which I've quoted to you, uh, or I've given to you, I'm going to quote it, it puts it very beautifully in the uh, old King James on this one and the marginal reference. It says that, that uh, the Lord visits the earth and he waters it uh, after saying the river of God which is full of water. So the river of God is full of water and then he visits the earth and I like what the marginal reference says after he has made it to desire rain. So what happened naturally speaking? God would allow the dry months to come, the summer months, when everything would dry up and the earth would break open and crack and so forth, and just dryness there. But as that dryness was there and the steam and the, just the summer heat and climate, uh, climate of the earth just ascended, then what happened? It cried out for rain. And you know, sometimes God does that to us individually. And he does it to churches. Sometimes he just says, oh, church is just going on too fine, just getting on without me. I'll just let things dry up a little bit. So the sermons become dry. Not this one tonight, okay. Singing becomes dry. Happy clappy gets dry. No praise, Lord. You just go through devotion motion this side. You just, everything's dry. And think, oh, dear. Well, that's what God does. Because he, he visits the earth and waters it after he's made it to desire rain. So God sometimes lets it dry up. Uh, has anybody apart from me ever had a dry experience? <laughs> How many sometimes I've gone to Lord, I say, Lord, I just feel so dry. I'm tired of hearing my voice. I'm always at conferences. Give me a break. I'm just dry. And something's just dry and I say, Lord, river of God's full of water. Just visit me with rain. Just refresh my heart. How many can say amen? How many know what I'm talking about? So God does that to draw us back to himself. Otherwise we run on independent of him, say we're doing fine. Uh, recovery from the effects of heat. So refreshing rain comes, plants recover from the effects of the heat, so God does it to our hearts and to churches to make us desire rain. So there can be no recovery without refreshing when the refreshing rain comes, and I'm looking forward to some refreshing this weekend, aren't you? I'm always out for everything I can get from God. 
so we can pass it on. All right, number five. The next R we have, okay, at times of refreshing of recovering from the effects of heat. And number five now is a reviving or a change of condition, a change of we faint and everybody gets around and say, just move away, give him some fresh air. Just, we want to revive him, we want to resuscitate him. It's interesting that revival never ever comes to the world. Revival is always to the church. When God revives the church, then there's an awakening in the world. So we say, oh God, send revival. What do we mean by revival? Well, we want God to revive the sinner. Well, in one way, true, but revival is to the church. Something that is dying or dead needs to be revived, resuscitated, but awakening. And it's always this order. When God revives the church, there's always an awakening in the world. Because the sinners are dead in trespass sins. They need to be awakened. They do need revival in that sense. But revival is always. So listen to some of the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. I'll give you several scriptures here. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. Let me quote that one. And I think it was Andrew Murray in one of his books I read on prayer. Uh, he says, God has two dwelling places. One is in heaven and the other is in a humble heart. I'm going to read that verse, Isaiah 57 and verse um, 15. Listen to it. For thus says the high and the lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and the holy place, not only there, but with him also, that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And what for? To revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Humility and contrition always precede revival. I think it was, who was it? Norman Grubb, in one of his books, he said, actually, no, it's Roy Hessen. We can, we can have a continuous revival if we walk in humility and contrition before the Lord. That's such a good verse. Let me read again. For thus says the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place with him also that is of a contrite, contrite and a humble spirit. What for? To revive the spirit of the humble. And I have to be honest with you because I go through dry seasons. You know, and I just have to get down before the Lord and say, Lord, I am just so dry. I've been giving out so much lately. So many comments. I'm just so dry. I just humble myself before you. Refresh my spirit, Lord. Just quicken me again. Give me, anoint me with fresh oil, fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Help me not to become stale through repetition, things like that. How many hear what I'm saying? So I have to seek the Lord. To revive and just, I humble myself. I just go down before you, Lord. Just revive my spirit and revive the heart of the con contrite ones, and always works. So, contrition and humility precedes revival. So, walking humbly before us. So, he's telling them, Peter says, hey, you want refreshing, recovering, change of climate, reviving, change of condition? God wants to revive you. Put down Hosea chapter 6 and verse 2. Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. And the scripture says, after two days, he will revive us, and the third day we'll live in his sight. Now, he's not talking about 24-hour days. I'm thinking of a thousand, a day under the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. After two days, 
He will revive us. And if, if we superimpose that on the thousand-year-day theory, here we are living in the end of the 2000, this second millennium, and about to enter the third. So after two days, not two 24-hour days, after two days he will revive us, and, and the third day, in fact, why don't you turn to that one, Hosea. Quick, turn, turn it in your Bible. Uh, just because of the implications here, and the implications of what's happening in, in the world today. Yes, listen to Hosea chapter 6, and I'll read verses 1 to 3. Everybody doing all right? Okay, Hosea chapter 6, and verse 1 to 3. Come, and let us return... There's turn again unto the Lord, for he is torn and he will heal us. He is smitten and he will bind us up after two days. You can't think, oh, that's two 24-hour days. No, it's deeper than that. After two days will he revive us. So revival. In the third day, he will raise us up, resurrection, and we shall live in his sight. Then with revival, then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he will come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. All belongs here. Refreshing, recovering, and reviving. So then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Come to us as the rain, Lord. Rain of the Holy Spirit. We sing some of these beautiful choruses, you know. Rain of God, rain on me. Refresh my heart. Yeah, that's it. So the, the hearers, Peter's hearers, understood what he's saying. Yes, we know what it means. Recovering from effects of heat and reviving. Will you not revive us? Uh, Psalm, uh, no, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 7. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 7. Will you not revive us in the midst of the years? And I believe what's going on today, that God is coming to the church, there's refreshing some of the moves of the Holy Spirit that are going on. What for? Coming to the church to refresh the church, to revive the church, so that we can bring in the harvest. Everybody said, Amen. The manifest presence of the Lord. So reviving. All right, time's moving on. Number six now, the next, uh, and, and you'll have to listen carefully to this. So um, of refi reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord, and he, that he may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed for you, for you Jesus, whom heaven must receive. Okay, the next word, receive, once you listen to this, change of place. A change of place. Receive a change of place. Now, listen to what I've just read to you. So Peter's talking to the Hebrew believers, and he says, okay, whom the heaven must receive, and that he may send to you, he is the Father, that the Father may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive. Now, what has happened, as they've been familiar with the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, Oh, when Messiah comes, he's going to do this. When Messiah comes, he's going to open the eyes of the blind. And he's going to make a new come when Messiah comes. But now Messiah has come. God the Father has sent him the first time. And they crucified him. So now Peter is saying, look, 
If you come through these eight hours, repentance and return, refreshing, recovering, reviving, then the Father will send Jesus Christ. Now, remember what I said early, uh, earlier. The first five hours have to do with us, or in this case, historically, the Hebrew believers there, synagogue people. The last three have to, t- uh, have to do with Jesus. Okay, we'll see that. So whom the heavens must receive. Now, I'll put down some of these scriptures here. Watching my time. Mark chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. Mark 16, 19 to 20. Luke chapter 24, verse 51. Luke 24, verse 51. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. Acts 1, verse 9. And 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 to 16. Let's, I'll just quote them. Now, Jesus has finished his ministry on earth. He's been sent from the Father. He said, I came not of myself, but my Father sent me. Now he's experienced death, burial, and resurrection. And in Acts chapter 1, he's about to go back to the Father. So as he ascends, we're told he's, he was received up into heaven. Wow, that must have been awesome. Welcome, son. You've been 33 and a half years down on the late planet Earth. Welcome, we receive you back into heaven. You left heaven to go and do the Father's will. Now you've been raised from the dead. And what, what a meeting that must have been when heaven received him. He was received up into heaven. And then... He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And he was taken up in a cloud, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And First Timothy, he was received up into glory. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord mighty in battle, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's just conquered principalities and powers and triumphed over them on the cross. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory will come in. Hallelujah. That's it. So, a change of place. From being here on earth in this time capsule that he stepped into for 33 and a half years, he's been received in heaven. It's a change of place. All right. Number seven. Wish we had more time to say on this. The seven, number seven now, is the word retain whom the heaven must receive and retain until the time for the complete restoration. Retain, and this is a change of position. Let me give you some scriptures here. Um, Where do we go? Um, Yeah, John chapter 16, John 16, verse 27 and 28. John 16, verse 27 and 28. Uh, Acts chapter 2, Acts 2, verse 34 to 39. Acts 2, verse 34 to 39. Psalm 110, verse 1. Psalm 110, verse 1. All right, that, that, that's all we'll have time for on that, but let me say this. Now, once you listen carefully, I said the last three refer to Christ. So, heaven has received him. He came from heaven. He said, I, uh, I, I came from the Father, and I'm coming to the world Again, I leave the world and go back to the Father. This completes the cycle of Father's will for my life. 
So he's gone back to the Father. Now the heavens have received him and are going to retain. And the whole thought of retaining is, how many know what a retainer wall is? And oh, how many know what a retainer wall is? I'm talking to an intelligent congregation, right? Thank you. The word retain literally means to hold back, keep from departure. It's like a retainer wall. So the word, a word retain literally means to hold back, kept from departure like a retainer wall. And so the heavens have received Jesus and retaining him. Now, I don't want to be reverent here, but can you picture Jesus? And you see, when I was younger, because I was taught that um, uh, Jesus come back any moment. I remember when I used to do, do a lot of street meeting work in Bendigo. I used to play the piano chord and tell the people, if we're not here next Sunday... And Jesus has come back and we've gone up in the rapture and you're left behind for the great tribulation. You're going to get 666666 all over you. Well, we didn't turn up next Sunday and neither did Jesus. And that was nearly 50 years ago. So over the years, I've heard people say, oh, if we could just get the harvest in quick and if we could just do this, that, we can hasten the coming of Jesus and bring back Jesus quicker than he intended to. How many believe that? How many don't believe that? How many are frightened of getting caught? How many haven't got a hand? No. And I remember a brother come along and say, listen, Jesus is going to come right back on the, on time the second time. So that's blasphemy. We're told if we can hasten the day of the Lord. Well, you want to read the scripture properly because listen here. Uh, is this all right? Am I talking to the right people here? Just getting a little bit. Okay. Jesus came right on time the first time. Nobody could hasten his coming and nobody could postpone it. So I've heard this over the years. Oh, you're postponing the coming of the Lord, Kevin, talking like that. Little pipsqueak me. If Jesus sneezed, I could drop dead. Hey, no one's going to postpone his coming, and no one's going to hasten it. He's going to come right on time, because he's working to a plan. And, and, and please take this kindly, because this is for you, it's for everybody else. For many people, in my mind, the rapture is a little selfish fire escape. Oh, Jesus, come and get me out of it. Rapture us out of this. Now, I'm not rapturing the rapture, but I just want to get out. In other words, you say, get me out and let the world go to hell. No, there's a harvest still to come, and there's souls yet to be saved yet. And I don't want Jesus to come back until this last soul that's going to be saved is saved. I'm here for harvest, as long as God keeps me. Everybody said, Amen. Yeah. So retaining. So Jesus isn't sitting in heaven saying, oh, Father, let me go, let me go. There's hardly anybody left on earth. Everybody's dying. The churches are backsliding. There's only 144,000, one of them. And there's one dropped out. Oh, let me go. And Father said, no, no, stay back. You can stop back here, son. None of that's going on in heaven. Oh, what silly little thinking we have. Not we, everybody else. I wish I had time to tell you 20 reasons why Jesus can't come back tonight and why he won't. But we haven't. We've got one minute. Uh, number, number eight. The last, the last one here is restoration, which is a change of ownership. So listen to it. Whom heaven must receive and retain. So the heavens have received Jesus and they're going to hold him back until when? Until the Antichrist comes in and stamps 666, all that? No, 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 no. Until the Y2K blows us all, the kingdom come? No, 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 no. Until the time 
for the complete restoration or restitution of all that God spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began from the most ancient time in the memory of man. So, restoration is a change of ownership. Where are we? Change of ownership. Put down Joel 2.25 and come back next week for this exciting episode. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. Joel says, as one of the prophets who speak of restoration and uh, all the Pentecostal charismatic churches, they like to grab the book of Joel because they say, well, that's our book. But one of the things they miss is this. They grab Joel and say, oh, it should come to pass afterwards. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Wow, 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 wow. It's going to be great. But why don't you go back a few verses? Because the fir- uh, verses 23 through to 27 precede verse 28. Everybody agree with that? Fasted 40 days to get that. So he says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, fats will overflow with wine and oil, and listen to this, it's worth a little hallelujah, and I will restore to you the years that the locust have eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, they're pillars you cater to in the church. No, the ca- caterpillar and the palmer worm. So God says, I'm going to restore to you the lost years. And as we're going to see as we move on in this series together, as we look at what the early church was and what man was and the lost years, God says, I'm going to restore to you the lost years. But there's no restoration apart from redemption. Come back next week for this exciting episode. How many feel you got something out of this tonight? All right, God bless you. Let's all stand. I'll finish right on time. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and thank the Lord for his word. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that we're living in such exciting days. Lord, we're so glad to be alive, considering the alternative. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Pray that you'll bless these eight hours of restoration to our hearts, Lord. May, Lord, may it not just be a sermon, Lord, but may all of us keep our repentance up to date, Lord. And refresh us, Lord, recover us, Lord. Let us not die and become stale and stagnant. Way of the Christian fellowship, let's keep the touch of the Spirit upon our lives, Lord. God, we know you have a purpose, Lord, and we know that Jesus isn't coming back until the harvest is in, and we want to be part of that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to restore to the church the lost years. Father, just enlarge us spiritually, enlarge us uh, intellectually, Father, and spiritually to receive the glory of restoration theology, and we give you all the praise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and everybody said, Amen. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.